deserve safe space to embrace their stories, share freely, and lean on one another. And if we don't do this for one another, how will we show the next generation how to do it differently? There are a million reasons we hold back and hide. Fear of judgment, shame, uncertainty, or simple inconvenience. But that just allows the problem to persist, ladies. Let's open up the conversation. No holds barred and no judgment. Let us hear your joys and your pains, your struggles and your triumphs. Truth be told, we probably have far more in common than you'd imagine. Together, we'll create a different experience than what we've come to tolerate. A more authentic and connected experience that triumphs over judgment and falsities. One that gives us all the space to be sincere and unapologetic together. This is me. Hello, ladies. So if you are tuning into this this podcast, I'm thinking that you probably listened to the podcast that I, um, that I gave, uh, September 2nd. And I asked women who had abortions or as many of you put it, terminated a pregnancy. I asked you to share your stories and you did, (laughs) you did, you incredibly brave women. You really did. And, and I do want to um, just say as a disclaimer, I know that there are people who don't identify as women that can get pregnant and that can choose to terminate a pregnancy. Uh, the women that I'm talking about today all identify as women, and so that's why I'm using the language that I'm using. So I, I, I also got some spicy vibes out there, and um, it, makes, it makes me shift in my seat a little bit. You might be able to hear that. Um, it makes my throat close up a little bit because I thought, I thought maybe there was a chance in the past freaking year and a half, over a year and a half, almost two years that we have gone through so much. I thought maybe we as women could start leading the way to be empathetic to each other. And it didn't appear to be so, at least not with this topic. Many women, uh, that felt a little salty about my talk, felt salty because one, they feel abortions murder, and two, that I was relieved that I had miscarried. So they were angry at the way I reacted to my story. Actually, no, they were angry at my story, something that I, I didn't ask to happen to me. And I sure as hell didn't sit there on the toilet when this tissue was coming out of me and go, hmm, how do I want to react to this? No, my reaction was automatic. I don't know if there's women out there that actually get to choose how they react to something right there in that moment, because if there is, I'd really like to talk to you and find out what your secret is. There are times where we can choose our reaction, and that time is almost never in the middle of something traumatic and confusing. Your second thought, yeah, you get to control that. And my second thought, if you will remember, was guilt because I felt relief. I'm not going to apologize for not reacting to my story in a manner that you thought would be more appropriate any more than you should apologize for reacting to your story any different than you did. That's unfair. 
we need to do better, a lot better. And my story, my, my emotions to my story, they don't take anything away from any struggle that you had. Because you know what I didn't talk about? I didn't talk about the struggle I had to get pregnant the second time. I didn't talk about crying myself to sleep after, I don't even know, the 8th, ninth, 10th negative pregnancy test. I didn't, I didn't talk about the thin-lipped congratulations that I gave to my coworkers when they announced their pregnancies. And my thin-lipped congratulations was all about me. It wasn't about them. Because by your logic of being upset about the way I reacted to my story when you had a struggle or when you celebrated your pregnancy, that would have meant that the women announcing their pregnancies to me should have tempered their excitement. And that's ridiculous. Why are we angry at the way women experience their stories? Why are we angry that one woman decided to do something with her body that, okay, you, you wouldn't do? And that's where we're going to start. This might not be a choice that you would have ever made to terminate a pregnancy, but others felt that they needed to, felt like they didn't have any other choice. And that's what I'm going to concentrate on with this podcast. The stories that the women sent in and the reasons why they felt they had to terminate their pregnancy. So I used to be Catholic. And uh, if you know Catholicism, you know that abortion is a huge no-no. And I believed that. I believed it was wrong. And then I watched friends make a very painful decision. I watched them agonize over the procedure of abortion. I watched them become fearful of disappointing their parents if they announced the pregnancy The judgment, stigma, these women are often judged rather harshly because they had sex, got pregnant, didn't want to be pregnant, and got an abortion. And they automatically get accused of using abortion as a means of birth control. Okay, it is really a very ludicrous thing. I'm not saying that there may be women who have done that in the past, but to give that as a blanket statement or to say, I'm only upset at women who use it as a form of birth control, stop. How many women have you talked to that have made that agonizing decision? Also, you have just completely glossed over a man's responsibility for birth control because it is his too. And condoms break, or he assures you that he's going to pull out in time and he doesn't. We just straight up lies. Yeah, the condom's on. Don't gloss over the man's responsibility. If you're going to be mad at a woman... There's a man there whose sperm was just as much a part of that, of that zygote being formed as her egg. After all, as Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg says, abortion prohibition by the state controls women and denies them full autonomy and full equality with men. Women are only equal to men when we get to decide what happens to our bodies. Hell, if one gender gets to have full control over their body, guess what? So does the other. Ladies, right now, there is no definitive ruling entity that says it's murder. 
Nothing written in the law says it's murder. Nothing written in the Bible that says the termination of a pregnancy is murder. So really what this boils down to is somebody's opinion. And why does one person's opinion get to decide what a woman is going to do with her body? Why does one person's opinion get to overrule her opinion? If that's what we're fighting about, then really what we should be debating is when does life start. But yet again, there's no definitive ruling entity that states when life starts. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Before you thump that Bible at me, page one, life begins at breath. However, if we're going to include the Bible in this discussion, then we're really going to have to extend our conversation and talk about what the Bible actually is. I mean, the creation of it, how it was made, the history behind it. And we also have to include in our conversation all of the Gospels that Constantine left out. The women who are choosing abortion are women who are deeply feeling. Chances are you know her. Their stories are raw and emotional. She's a woman who got pregnant right after marrying, who was insecure about who she was and her abilities to parent a child. She had a rough childhood, an abusive childhood. She didn't feel prepared to become a mother, much less pregnant. Because again, abortion isn't always about wanting to become a parent. It is often about not wanting to be pregnant. The women felt that deep down inside, they couldn't even be enough. The idea of balancing all of their responsibilities on top of pregnancy or motherhood was overwhelming. And I want to stop there because that feeling of being overwhelmed and never measuring up is a universal one for women. But I don't want you to qualify it with, but I would never do that. Because you've chosen things in your life that others wouldn't have. It might not be as deep as an abortion, but the same emotion is there. The same emotion, the same feelings are there. We can all identify with the fear of failure, of not being able to balance all the things, of losing everything we fought for. I mean, can you attempt to create some space inside of you to remember that gut-wrenching feeling of failure, a fear of failure? of not enough because it's valid and it's felt by all humans. And it was very present in every woman that talked to me. It was very present in her life. And, and feeling that way, that fear of failure doesn't mean that relief was found on the other side of the abortion procedure. I mean, every woman that, that I spoke to or, or that sent me messages said that although they don't regret the abortion, they did experience grief and trauma, stifling grief, paralyzing trauma at the decision that they, that they felt like they had to make. It eats at them. And part of it's because they know there will always be someone to unfairly judge their choice. Part of it is because in, in trying to avoid disappointment, that meant that you walk into a, a disappointment in another form. He didn't really escape it. And as one woman put it, 
she was emotionally stripped of dignity. And as a mother, because she's a mom now, she had a deep sense that she had failed another being. Please don't think that by continuing on with having the baby that she would have avoided these emotions because we have no way of knowing what she would have experienced if she had decided to keep the pregnancy because the fear of what she would experience had she decided to keep the pregnancy is what drove her to ending the pregnancy. It's a very harsh circle. And we've all had those circles where we cannot figure out a way to get out. That's what these women were experiencing. I mean, the fear of subjecting yourself to ridicule, like you just got married or you aren't married or um, can you not keep your legs closed? Were you that hard up for sex that you risk getting pregnant? I clearly remember I had been married for four years. I was a teacher. I got pregnant and a man walked up to me and said, you're pregnant. You just got your first professional job. I mean, damned if you do, damned if you don't, ladies. There's also a problem when we pass a law that glosses over rape and abuse of girls and women. I'm going to play this one out. And it could be a trigger warning for those of you who have been raped. But a 13-year-old girl is raped by her dad, her stepdad, her uncle, older cousin, family friend, and she gets pregnant. No matter how much she screams, she cries, she hurts emotionally or she hurts physically. Her precious life that's only 13 years old is now second to the zygote that's inside of her. And that's what this law boils down to. People are willing to look the other way. No matter how much a person screams, cries, hurts, people are willing to act as though they do not hear her and force her to endure a pregnancy she does not want or cannot emotionally handle. As long as she's physically able to handle the pregnancy, her body belongs to the state. And that statement's not an overreach. This is not an emotionally driven statement. It is simply facts. It's the truth. Women no longer belong to ourselves. Now, I believe that women are made to endure pain. We are made to endure pain in ways that men are not. It is in our DNA. But taking away a woman's autonomy is a pain that is senseless and needless. And here's, here's the other side of that story. All the women who shared their stories with me are moms who chose motherhood when the time was right for them. They are the type of mom who loves their children fiercely. They make me feel like I need to step up my mom game. These women are raising exceptional children, children that are going to lead us one day, children who are blessed to have them as a mom. And as for the women who share their stories with me, they make me want to be a better person. They are sharp and wise and empathetic. They are courageous enough to accept another woman's story. No strings attached. They are full of abundance and joy and they love deeply. And I'm better for knowing them and I'm honored I was able to use my space 
to give them space. So until next time, this is me and I stand with her. Our music is Dance Around the Campfire by Julius H.